right task when you have the responsibility to speak into the lives of other people. Amen? Being a parent is not a light task. You are responsible for the destiny of another human being. Right? So as a parent, you have, right, Jess? She's like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. (laughs) Right? So being a parent, you're responsible for speaking and seeding into the future of another human being through your words, through your actions, and through how you love them. And it's the same thing with being a pastor or a leader in any aspect. You are responsible. We become responsible for um, seeding the future of of other people and of uh, other individuals. So thank God for the opportunity. We're keeping Pastor Andre in prayer. He's on another assignment today. He's in what state? I think he's in Virginia. Virginia. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Brother Lored. He's in Virginia. So I have the illustrious pleasure of standing in his place. But um, so today we are going to jump right into the message and I'm not going to be long. I'm going to be about 30 minutes and um, we can get the first right. So we're going to be talking about vision today. And I'm going to piggyback on the message that Pastor Andre has been preaching about growth. How many of you know that growth is a really important idea and concept? Growth is very important. If we're not growing, then we're not living. Amen. So our spiritual growth is our top top priority. And um, if you can go to the next slide for me, please, Uriah. We're going to start out with the scripture that Pastor Andre started with, and we're going to talk a little bit about vision. But before we go into vision, I want to go back over Ephesians 4 and 15. So it says, God wants us to grow up. God wants us to grow up. Are you excited about that? God wants us to grow up, which means that he doesn't want us to be stagnant. He doesn't want us to be children for our whole lives. As much as we would all love to be children for the, you know, as, a, as children, you want to be an adult, but as an adult, you want to be a child because, you know, with adulthood comes responsibility and it comes bills and life doesn't seem as fun as it used to be, right? When we were children, we can do a lot of things, but now God wants us to grow up. So this is our commission, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flows through us, nourishing us so that we will what? Say with me. Grow up healthy in God, robust in love. So we know that it is God's desire, it is God's heart that we grow up. We are considered the body of Christ, which means that we are his hands and we are his feet and we are his heart and we are, we are his mind, we are his eyes, we are his ears, we are his mouthpiece in the earth, right? How else will God speak unless it's through his people? So we are the body of Christ and it is God's desire that the body grows and matures, It is God's desire that the body grows and matures. Let's go to the next slide. Um, God wants us to grow up. And our spiritual growth begins to impact something called vision. 1 Corinthians 13 says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So when I was a child, and in this scripture, it has a connotation of, um, you know, when I was a child, it means when I was immature. When I was immature, 
when I was in my fetal state, when I was a child, I what? I understood as a child. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, which means my language was underdeveloped. When I was a child, when I was immature, and here's the thing about, about um, maturity and, and immaturity, a lot of times we think that the older we get, the more mature we get. When in actuality, you can be old and immature. I had a conversation with the Lord the other day because I've been going through, I feel like I'm on a course of growth and maturity with God in my personal walk. And there's some areas in my life that I have struggles. And so I'm saying to the Lord, I'm like, man, Lord, like, okay, what's up with this stuff? Like, I really want to be able to get past this, but I can't. And I feel like as an adult, as a grown man, I'm walking, but certain areas in my life are causing me to limp. And I'm like, why do I keep stumbling? I, I keep stumbling because I'm walking with a limp. And he said, these areas that you have struggles and issues, and as I talk, I want you to look at yourself. He said, the areas that you have struggles and you have issues, these are areas that you are immature in. These are areas of immaturity. And immaturity means that there's something that is lacking. There's some information that is lacking, right? So if we are immature in certain areas in our lives, if there are struggles that, for example, for a long time in my life, I, f I struggled financially. And I could have blamed it on the devil. I could have blamed it on, uh, I could have blamed it, you know, the devil got me broke. Or I could have blamed it on, well, you know, the system, the system got me broke. But the reason why I was struggling financially was because I was immature about how to handle money. I didn't understand how to handle money. I didn't understand what money was. I didn't understand how to, what to do with my money. When you're a child and when you're immature, you don't have responsibility. So you do whatever you want. When I, when I first got a job in summer youth, I'll never forget this, when I was a teenager, I didn't have any responsibility, so I got that check. And I was buying shoes. I was buying clothes. I was blowing my entire check because I had no responsibility. So now I took that same mentality into adulthood. And I never learned what to do or how to handle money. I didn't learn how to save. I didn't learn how to not. And so here's the thing that we got to understand about money as well. Money is a seed. And any, anything that we put money into is going to give us a harvest. So I had to stop putting my money into certain things. Because the things that I put money into, the things that I invested money into, was bringing me a harvest that I didn't want. I was putting my money into sneakers. And the thing about it is that I got a whole, okay, now I'm fly, but I'm broke. <laughs> I'm fly walking around looking like I got money, but I have nothing in the bank because everything I own is on my back. So I had to say, okay, now I need to, under, I need to, I need to grow in this area. As an adult, I got a job, and now I have more responsibilities. I have bills and things like that. And it's like, why does my money still seem like it's not growing? Like, what is going on? I'm paying Peter to pay Paul. I'm living from paycheck to paycheck. And I had to realize that I'm immature in my understanding of money. Though I'm an adult, I'm immature in that area. And I need to now grow in that area. I need to be educated, right? Because maturity happens when things begin to change. The scripture says here, when I was a child, I did what? My language, my verbiage, I communicated 
like a child communicates. I understood as a child, which meant that uh, uh, my, my, my understanding was underdeveloped. There were areas that I didn't understand. There were areas that I needed to be developed in, right? Y'all with me? There were areas in my life that needed to be developed, even, even in, not only in money, but even in social settings. Because I was so, I was so hurt and abused so much from my, from my past, from my childhood, I didn't know how to be social. So I'm, I'm growing up as an adult, yet I'm socially awkward because I'm immature in that area. There's some things that I haven't grown past. There's some things that I haven't grown through, right? So I understood as a child. I thought as a child. So my mentality, I had a childish mentality. So it's possible. And, he, and here's the thing. It's okay because we all have areas in our lives where we are immature, we all have areas in our lives where we are struggling. We all have areas in our lives where we need information because um, the word ignorant has such a negative connotation. When you think of ignorant, you think it's a bad word. Ignorant just means I don't know. There's something that I don't know. There's some information that I either haven't given or I haven't received or I haven't grasped. So ignorance and much ignorance, I can be, I can be, the areas that I'm struggling means that there's something that I don't have. I'm ignorant about something. There's something. And that, so that's how I started to look at my life and the areas that I'm struggling in. I start looking at, at, looking at it from the perspective of, okay, so this is a struggle. This is a stumbling block for me. Why is it? Like, why is it a struggle? What is it that I need to understand and learn and, and, and practice so I can grow and mature in this area? So it says, um, when I was a child, when I was immature, I spoke immaturely. I understood immaturely. I thought immaturely. But when I became a man, when I became mature, what did I do? I prayed away childish things. No. It, it, does it say pray? When I became immature, I spoke away childish things. No. It says, I what? I put away childish things. So there's some things that God is not going to do for us. Is we're going to have to do it ourselves. But it takes maturity. When I become mature, when I learn and I understand, I begin to realize that there's certain things that I have to take responsibility for and I have to make a change. And I have to put away certain things. So I don't, need, I don't need God to tell me that it's not right to do such and such. I don't need God to, because I know it's not right. <laughs> like, I know certain things are not right. So it's like, so if I know it's not right, why am I still doing it? What is it? What, you, you hear what I'm saying? Why do I still do it if it's not right? So that's an area that we need to grow and mature. But what does the next clause say? For n Nope, go back. For, so I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror. So... We see in a mirror dimly. So when I was immature, I couldn't see clearly. But then face to face. Give me the next scripture. So immaturity causes us to see dimly. When we're immature, we can't really see clearly. There's some things that we don't understand. And seeing clearly has a connotation of, of understanding. Right? When I'm immature, there's certain things I don't understand. When I'm immature, for example... It's like giving a child 
car keys. Though I might be the father and I might have bought this car for you, if you're not of age, then I can't give you these keys because you haven't matured, right? So here's the thing. You might be, you might be 19 and 20, but if you don't have your license, you can't drive because it's information that you need to know and understand about driving. So you got to what? Study the book to understand what the laws are about driving. If you don't understand what the laws are without driving, you're going to be reckless, right? So next scripture is Habakkuk 2. So now what happens when we grow and when we mature? Because our spiritual growth is our, should be our top priority. Because when we grow spiritually, our spiritual growth is the thing that causes all the other areas of our life to grow and to progress. Amen? Our spiritual growth is the part that causes every other area in our lives to grow. Now, our spiritual growth begins to impact our vision. And here's the thing now. You know, we talk about dreams and we talk about vision. And as a child, we had a lot of dreams, right? And when I say dreams, I don't mean like going to sleep and having a dream about a thing. But I mean dreams um, and imaginations of what you want to do where you want to go, what you want to be. As a child, we have dreams that we want to accomplish. But now, as an adult, those dreams are supposed to mature into visions. And I'm, I'm going to explain to you the difference between a dream and a vision. Ephesians 4 and 15 says God wants us to, okay, Ephesians 4 and 15 says, um, give me, no, Habakkuk, you're right. Um, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Before I go to Habakkuk, actually, um, let me give you the definition of vision. If you have a pen and paper, I want you to write this down. Or you take, well, you can't take a photo of the screen because I don't have this on the screen. So write this down. Vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. I'm going to say it again. Vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. In other words, vision isn't only thinking about the future with your imagination it's about planning the future with wisdom. Wisdom comes with maturity, okay? Now, where does vision come from? Habakkuk 2. So Habakkuk 2 says, I will stand up, and this is a story about a prophet. His name is Habakkuk. And in the chapter 1 before this, um, there was there were some things happening in the world, and God came and God spoke to him, and God said, hey, here, this is a vision that I have for the country that you're, that you're a part of, and this is what I want to do in the people. This is what I want to do in the lives of the people, and this is how I want to do it. So God gave Habakkuk a vision in chapter 1. But then Habakkuk had an issue with that vision because he couldn't see how God could use sinners. Because God said, I'm going to use the sinners to do such and such. So Habakkuk as a prophet is like, I don't understand how you're going to do this. I don't understand. This don't make sense. Da-da-da, da-da-da. So that's how chapter 1 ends. Chapter 2 starts now where he says he's talking to God and he's saying, and this is how we get vision. Because we want to know where does vision come from. He said, Habakkuk is saying to God now, I will stand upon my watch 
and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved, okay? So vision came to him when he positioned himself to receive what God wanted to show him. And he literally had to say, God, okay, I hear what you're saying, and I might not agree with what you were saying, but I'm going to position myself to receive the vision. How many of you know that God has a vision for your life? God has a vision for your life. And the proof that God has a vision for your life and a plan is that you're here. If you weren't here, if you, the proof that you have of God has a plan and a vision for your life is that you are here and alive. If he didn't have a plan, if he didn't have a vision, you wouldn't be here. Amen? Y'all agree? So Habakkuk said, I am going to stand in my place and I'm going to stand watch and I'm going to set me upon the tower and I'm going to watch and see what he will say unto me. I am going to open up myself to hear what God has to say to me about my life. I'm going to stand still and I'm going to find a place and a position and I'm going to open myself up to the vision that God has for me. Now, what does God say to him in verse 3, in verse 2? The Lord answered him and said, what? Say it with me. Write the vision. Everyone say it together. Write the vision. Then he said, and make it plain upon tables that he that readeth may run with it. That he may run that readeth. So the Lord said, write the vision and make it plain. How many of you have ever wrote a vision for your life? He said, write the vision. Now, here's the thing. This is a key and a principle that God is not only giving to Habakkuk, but he's giving it to his people. He said, you have to now write the vision. Write the vision. Not only write the vision, he said, make it plain upon, t upon tab tab tables. Back in that time, tables were what people wrote on. So God is saying, I want you to write the vision that I'm giving you for your life. This is, these are keys to success. He said, I want you to now write down what I'm saying to you about your life. I want you to position yourself, and I want you to open up yourself to hear what I'm saying about your family, what I'm saying about your business, what I'm saying about your future, what I'm saying about your destiny, what I'm saying about your life. He's saying, I want you to open up yourself and allow me to speak to you about your life. Because how many of you know that? And I'm not even going to get into that part yet. But he said, you got to write the vision. And now, this is, a, this, is an, this is an actual practice. A lot of times, we don't realize that our life is on stutter. And our life, we feel stuck because we don't write the vision. First of all, we don't have a vision to write. <laughs> right? We don't have a vision to write. But God wants to give you vision. It is not God's will that we live in circles. It is not God's will that you find yourself in the same place and position 365 days from today. All of this stuff that we do, being a Christian, going to church, is not, it, it, it is not God's will for us to just do this and be like, all right, this is just what we do. No, this is a part of a bigger plan. God is empowering us. The message when we preach the word, the, 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 the gospel of Jesus is a message of empowerment. When we leave here, it shouldn't be, oh, you know, well, that was a good. No, these are words that 
God is giving to empower us to do and to be who he has called us to be in the earth. And a lot of times, you know, it's easy for us to just come to church because we feel like we've done our religious duty. I went to church on Sunday. I feel good. Now I can go back and do whatever I want to do. And God is like, this is why our life stays on stutter. He's like, we got to grow. We got to mature. He's like, this vision. I have vision for you. What is the vision? And as I speak, I want you to begin to imagine. I want you to put on your Holy Ghost imagination. And I want you to begin to think about what it is that God has for my life. If the Bible says that he, he desires that we have life and have it more abundantly, then are we living, do we even have life? And then do we have abundant life? Is, li- is our life overflowing or are we still in struggle? Because it is not God's will that we live in struggle. That is, I'm telling you, you can't tell me. God is too good. He's too good. So if I'm struggling, then it's something that I'm not getting. I'm not, I can't blame it on nobody. What am I not getting? What am I not understanding? What, what is it that I need to do because I can't stay in this place? I can't stay in this place and be a Christian. Like, I can't be a follower of Jesus and still be stuck. Because if I'm following him, that means he's going somewhere. And if I'm not going nowhere, that means I'm not following him. If I'm still in the same place that I was a whole year ago, then something is wrong. Something is not connecting. What is it that's not connecting? What is it? And this is a real question. I ask myself this all the time. I'm like, okay, what am I not getting? When I'm at work and my manager says something and I have a dumb look on my face and I'm like, I'm trying to connect. I'm like, okay, I heard what you said, but I don't. And sometimes we sit in church and we hear, but it's like we, it doesn't. So what is it that's not connecting? Because I'm, and I'm telling you people of God, God has, it's like, I feel like heaven is swollen with potential. Heaven is swollen and heaven, it it, it reminds me of when, when the angel went to talk to Mary and he was like, um, Mary, God has favored you. There's something that God wants to deliver to you. And he says, but you have to just receive it. All you got to do is receive it. Because heaven, had, heaven was pregnant with something to give to Mary. Right? Heaven was pre- now, heaven is pregnant with vision. Hev- I'm telling you, heaven is pregnant with vision. And God wants to get, listen, let me tell you something. And, th- and, and, and this is what I believe. Because the, the scripture says that the spirit that knows all things live within us. And that's the spirit of God, right? He knows everything. We should be, as the body of Christ, we should be the innovators. We should be those people that are creating um, innovation. We should be those people that are at the forefront of industries. What we're doing here is not just so we can just keep coming to church on Sunday. It's not. It's like, if this is it, I don't want it. Like, is this it? This is not it. We come here to be empowered, and then we take what we get here, and we go out, and we walk it out so the world can see. Listen, the Bible says that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and he says you don't take a light and put it under a bush. You put it on a hill so everybody can see that light, 
And God wants us, he calls us the light of the world. What does that mean? He wants to put us on display so the world can see what he can do. Back in the Old Testament when there was the time of famine, there was a story about Joseph. I don't know if you all ever heard about Joseph, but there was a time where there was a famine, which is a recession. There was a time of recession. And Joseph had so much wealth that in the time of recession, the world had to come to him. Because the world was in recession, but Joseph wasn't in recession. When are we going to mature to the place when the world is coming to us as individuals, the believers of God, because they need direction, because they need guidance? The things that I'm telling you, God wants us to be in politics, and he wants us to sit at the seat and sit at the table to the point where people who are in leadership will consult with the people of God for wisdom on how to handle the affairs of the world. Because it's the principles of God. The Bible says with his word that he framed the world. It is his word, it's his principle that's keeping this world together. And it is his word and his principle that is going to keep the world going in the right direction. But how can he do it without his people? God has so much vision that he is trying to give to us. Amen? But the Bible says, Write the vision. So this is what we, this is not how we activate it. Now, literally, he didn't say think about the vision because we can't trust our brain. Because, listen, we hear something one minute and then next minute it's like, wait, what did you just say? So imagine God trying to give you a vision and you trying to remember it. And he's like, no, no, no. He said, I don't trust your mind. He said, write the vision and not only write it, but make it plain. I'm going to give you a vision. But now, because see, in the chapter before, God gave him the vision. Now he's given him the instructions. What do I do with this thing that you have given me now? Because God never gives vision without instruction. So he's like, all right, I I spoke to you what the vision is. Now I need you to write these instructions down. Write this vision and write the instructions. And he said, make it plain, which means I'm giving you the details. Write it down with details. And then it says that he may run that readeth. Well, what does that mean? That when you read it or when you get discouraged and you want to give up, you can go back to what you wrote because when you battle in depression, you can't remember what what, what God told you most of the time. When you get through tough times, you can barely remember the last thing the person said to you. He said, so I need you to write this down for your benefit. Because when you get discouraged, when you get to a place where it feels like it's not going to happen, when you get to the place where it's like, God, I think I remember. I'm not even sure that's what you told me. He said, go right back to what I told you to write so you can read it and it will give you the energy that you need to run the race. He said, write the vision and make it plain that he may run that readeth. So you writing the vision is for your benefit. you got to write it down. I want us to now, uh, and, and, and this is literally, I want us, as, after we leave here, I want us to go home and take some time. Take some time in God's presence, some quiet time. And I want us to begin to now think, God, okay, what, and begin to ask him. He said, ask and what? He'll give it to us. He said, knock and he will open it. He said, seek and we will find. Begin to ask God, say, God, what is your vision for my life? What is your vision for my community? What is your vision for my family? What is your vision for my business? What is your vision for my finances? What is your vision for me? And how do I get there? He said, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end, it will speak and not lie. 
Through it, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Why is vision important? We can go to the next scripture. Okay, go all the way down to the last slide or the last scripture. There you go. And we'll come back to that stuff before. Why is vision important? Proverbs 29 and 18, and this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That word perish has a connotation of, you know, um, when people do drives and they say, okay, we're going to bring canned goods, bring non-perishable items. Those are things that don't waste. Those are things that last for a long period of time. He said, but where there is no vision, the people waste away. They perish. When you don't have a vision, you waste time. When you don't have a vision, you waste resource. If I don't have a vision for my money, right, I got to have a vision for my money. What does it mean to have a vision for my money? I have a plan for what it is that I want to do with the resources that what God gives me. So, like, I know, okay, this is my overhead for the month. This is how much my rent is. This is what my bills are. These are my other expenses. There's a plan and a vision for my money. If I don't have a plan and vision for my money, I'm just going to be spending wherever I want to spend. And at the end of the month, I'm going to be in a deficit. Right? He said, where there is no vision, the people waste away. When you don't have a vision for your life, you waste your life. You waste your time. You waste other people's time. God has put so much, he has invested so much in us. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, um, he says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. When God says be fruitful, what does that mean? He said, bear fruit. Now, how can God ask us to be fruitful unless he puts something there for us to bear fruit? So when God says be fruitful, it shows that he put seed there. So he can tell us to be fruitful because he knows that there is a gift. There is a seed that he put on the inside. There's something that he put on the inside. And when we don't bear fruit, we're wasting away. We're wasting the seed that God has given us. What is the seed that God gave you? What is the gift? What is the talent? What is the ability? What is the skill? What did God give you? God gave everybody something. But life happens, and life buries it. And by the time we turn around, there's, so, there's layers and layers and layers of things that's covering the gift. We can't even recognize it. We don't even know how to use it. We don't even know if it's still there. He said, where there is no vision, the people perish. They scatter. They waste. This is why it's important for us to have vision for our life. Because if I don't have a vision and a plan for my life, then I'm wasting time. I'm just existing. Who just wants to, who wants to just exist? But I want to live. Anybody want to live? Anybody want to live? Anybody want to live? I'm talking about living. It's not God's desire for us to be in struggle our entire life. Okay, let me struggle to learn my lesson. But when I learned the lesson, I'm, I still got to struggle, and I already learned the lesson. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, you, you get what I'm saying? But there's a level of growth and maturity that God is trying to bring us to. And that's what the word does. And this is why our spiritual growth is so important. 
Because as we grow spiritually, it is the thing that causes every other area in our life to grow. Okay, um, you're right. If you can go back to that, there we. That's the first one. Okay. So here's the difference between sight and vision. Sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the mind. We see through our eyes, right? We see through our eyes, but vision is is a function of the mind, which means that I can have impaired vision. I can have impaired sight, but still have a vision. You get what I'm saying? Vision is of the mind. Vision of the mind. What's the next one? Sight is physical. It's a physical sense. But vision is spiritual. It's a spiritual sense. So as we grow spiritually, vision becomes clearer. This is why our spiritual growth is a priority. Because if we don't prioritize our spiritual growth, we're not prioritizing vision. The Bible says if the blind lead the blind, they're all going to fall into the ditch. He doesn't mean sight. He means vision. If I have no vision and I have people that are following me, then we're all going nowhere. We're going to all keep going in circles. What's the next one? Sight is seeing what's now, but vision is seeing what's to come. My sight allows me to see what's right in front of me. My sight allows me to see each and every one of your faces. My sight allows me to see these chairs and these lights and this carpet. But vision allows me to see what's not right in front of me. Vision allows me to see what's to come in the future. Vision allows me not only to see what's to come in the future, but it allows me to, to, to lean into what's to come in the future. Don't you know that your future is not supposed to be a mystery? Our future is not supposed to be a mystery. The Bible says that he reveals the things to come to his people. It's in the Bible. So I capitalize on these things. I'm like, oh, so he said, beloved, I have it that you would not be ignorant concerning the things of this present time. Which means he wants us to understand what's going on in the world. He called us out of the, out of, he said, I've called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. Which means I've called you out of ignorance into understanding. I've call, called you out of not knowing into knowing. So God wants us to understand what's happening. He wants us to understand what's to come. He wants us to understand vision. We got to have a vision. I'm t- we have to have a vision for our life. And then if you don't have a vision for your life, then anyone and anything can come and tell you what to do, and you just go right along because you ain't doing nothing in the first place. <laughs> you don't got nothing, right? Anybody ever come up to you and say, hey, you got plans? What you doing? I ain't doing nothing. All right, so let's go do this. But if, and I'm guilty of this because I always say no to everything first. <laughs> I just always say no. Hey, you, hey, what you doing? You got time? Oh, no, man, I don't got no time. I ain't got no time. You know, I can't. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then later on, I'll go back and be like, all right, so I got a little bit of time because I'm a man of vision. I'm always thinking, and me and Lorenzo was having a conversation about this. That's why I can't sleep sometimes because I have so much vision. But, um, but if you don't have a vision for your life, and that's a part of why Eve fell in the garden, because she was unclear about what the vision for her life was. And she allowed someone else to come and give her a different perspective of what the vision for her life was. 
So when Satan came to her and said, hey, did God really say what he said to you? And she started to question the vision that God had gave them and then allowed the, the, the serpent to give her another vision. And now we're all where we are today, right? Because they both ate the apple. They both questioned the vision, right? Because God gave them the vision. He said, this is what I want you to do. And here's the instructions. Vision always comes with instruction. And they did whatever they wanted to do. And we see how we're all paying for it because we're born in sin and raised in iniquity. And we don't want to. And that's the other thing that I want, I want to say before we finish. We, you don't never understand or really know who's connected to your life. Who's connected to your vision? I think about where my life would be if Pastor Andre didn't see the vision and follow the instructions that God gave him from 10 years ago. Because I've, been, I've known him since I was 14 years old. I've worked with him for the past 19 years. And if he didn't obey what God told him to do, then God knows where I would be. And I say it all the time. I say, wherever you go, I would be right there because you have followed the vision that God has given you. And I've been committed to that vision. And in turn, he's been committed to my vision. Because Pastor Andre always say, all right, you know, you got you to do this. Go forth. Do what God has put in your heart to do. Because I sow into the vision that God has given him. And I believe in the vision that God has given him for Philadelphia. I moved my whole life here. I uprooted my life from Brooklyn and moved to Philadelphia because I believe in the vision that God has given Pastor Andre about this church. Why don't you stand to your feet? Is there any more, Uriah? Is there another one? One more? Let's see the last one. Our physical body keeps us connected to the earth, but our spiritual body keeps us connected to God. What I want you all to remember from this message today, you can stand to your feet. There is a vision that God wants to give us for this new year. For your life, for your family, for your business, for your community, for the world. I think about Genesis chapter 6 where God gave Noah a vision. And I'm going to tell you, this is my last point, how powerful vision is. Look at how powerful, powerful vision is. The power of vision. Noah was alive in the time when, when it was his time. There was no rain. It never rained. It, there was never rain on the ground. What used to happen was the Bible says that there was a mist that would come up from the ground to water the vegetation. So there was no rain in that time of Noah. Okay, y'all with me? There was no rain in the time of Noah. God said to Noah, build me an ark because there's a, there's a storm that's coming. I want you to build me an ark. And God gave Noah an ark. He gave him a vision to build an ark. Now to us today, oh, it makes sense. But in that time, they had never seen a boat. At that time, there was never a boat. There was never a need for a boat, really. But God gave him a vision to build something that had never existed. Not only did God give him a vision to build something that never existed, he built a boat, but guess what? In order to build a boat, you need wood. So he started a wood business where he was cutting down trees because he needed wood to build the ark. So he had to now start to cut down trees. So he became whatever you call the people that do the wood. They, they, what do they call? Lumberjack. 
he was the first lumberjack. Not only did he need wood, but he needed tools and supplies to chop the wood down. So now he's in the tool making business. All of this from one vision that God gave him. So now he's a lumberjack because now he has to learn how to cut down wood. Now he has to learn how to make tools. Now he needs things to hold the boat together. So now he's in the business of, 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 of whatever it is, the pitch and the slime that you need. Now he's a, a mason. All of this from one vision. You don't know what the vision that God is giving you or that God is trying to give you. You don't know what innovation is connected to it. Because they had never seen a boat before. Noah in his time was an innovator because of the vision that God gave him. So why is it, because God, now God gave him a vision and then God gave him instructions along with that vision. He said, I want it to be this many cubits, this long, this wide, and then not only once you build it, now I want you to take two of every animal and I want you to pull them on the ark. You have no idea what is connected to the vision that God wants to give you. You have no idea the innovation that is connected to the vision that God wants to give you. You have no idea the lives that can be saved from turmoil because of the vision that God wants to give you. Do you understand that the vision that God gave Noah saved a family and the rest of humanity was wiped out, but a family was saved because of the vision that God gave him? Two of every animal was preserved because of the vision that God gave him? And I know to us it might be hard to understand that concept, but they had never seen rain before. What is it that this world has never seen that's coming? That God wants to give you a vision that's going to save the lives of people that are going to experience whatever this thing is that's coming. What is the vision that God is giving you for your community to save it from drugs, to save it from alcoholism, to save it? the people in that community? What is the vision that God has given you for your family, the financial vision that's going to set your family up for the rest of their lives? What is the vision that God has given you for your city? What is the vision that God has given you for your church? What is the vision that God has given you for your business? What is that vision? What is the vision that God has given you for your life? I want us to take time this week to really lean into that idea and allow God to speak to us because I'm telling you, God is going to speak to you. If you're open, if you open up your ears, God is going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you about what the vision for your life is, but you got to ask him, God, what is the vision? What is your vision for my life? I know you've given me desires and you have given me abilities and talents and skills but how do you want to use these things for your life for your glory how do you want to use these things what am I supposed to do with the seed that you have given me what am I supposed to do with the ideas that you have given me what is the vision father we thank you today we thank you for your word we thank you for vision you said in your word that where there is no vision, the people perish, the people waste time, the people waste away. And Father, we want to be good stewards. We want to be mature adults about the vision that you have given us, about the word that you're delivering unto us. We want to mature and grow 
and handle correctly and properly, God, the things that you have put into our care, the information, the resources, the vision, the money, Lord God, the ideas, Father, we want to be good stewards over what you have given us, God, but we want you to mature us, God. We want you to help us in the areas, God, that we're struggling. We want you to continue to educate us, God, through your word and through life experience and through our communities, God. Continue to educate us in the areas where we are ignorant, God, the areas that are causing us to walk with the limp, the areas that are causing us, Lord God, to stumble, the areas that are causing us to be immature. Father, continue to mature us by way of your word, not only on Sundays, but in our own personal time. Remind us that our spiritual growth is our priority because it's through that that we experience what you call spiritual maturation. We want to mature, God. Make us grow. We want to grow. You said that it is your will that we grow up. God, so be patient with us. Continue to love on us. Continue to give us your word, God, and feed us your word that we might take it in and we might it might nourish us, God, that we might grow up in God, that we might grow up healthy, that our vision might be strengthened, that our vision might be strengthened, that we might be able to see further than where we are, that we might be able to see further than what we can see, that we might be able to hear and see what you're saying to us about the future. God, speak to us about our future. Speak to us about our destiny. Speak to us about the destiny of our community, the destiny of our nation, the destiny of our country, the destiny of our world, the destiny of our children, the destiny of our businesses, the destiny, Lord God. Speak to us about our destiny. Give us vision for destinies. Give us instructions that we might grow and mature and handle things the way that you desire for us to handle. Because we know, God, that us being Christians and believers is not about just coming to church on Sundays. This is housekeeping. This is the educational institution of the kingdom of God. This is the place where we come to learn and get our basic instructions before going out into the world. But empower us, God, with your word to be a light and a change in the world. As we take time this week, Lord God, to lean into vision, we pray that you would speak to us. We pray that you would give us instructions. We release the anointing for vision in this place. Father, we release the anointing for vision, God. We release the anointing for vision. Anoint each and every eye in this place, God, that they might see further, that they might hear further, that they might reach further, God, that their mind might stretch, God, that their thinking might stretch, God, that you might give them a, a, a super grow, that they might super mature, that they might mature to the place that you have called them to be. Father, we thank you for this. We pray that you would bless your people. We pray, pray that you would bless your body. And we thank you for this and all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord today. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord today. He loves us so much. He's so kind to us. And he has so much that he wants to give to us. Hallelujah. You may have your seats. Hallelujah. See, I told y'all I wasn't going to be long.
Usually I look up and it's 105. <laughs> it's 12.09. Amen. Y'all enjoyed the word today? It's a, you know, it's a challenge, but God wants to stretch us. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. He wants to stretch us. God wants to stretch us. Just like a woman with child, like you, you if you're going to grow, if that thing is going to grow, it's going to take some discomfort. It's going to take some stretching. It's going to take some things to move around. When when a woman is pregnant, the organs have to move to make space, and, and, and your bones and your body has to... So there's going to always be a level of discomfort when God wants to stretch you. There's going to be a level of discomfort when God wants to stretch you. But how many of you know I'd rather be stretched by God in the right direction than to be pulled by the devil in the wrong direction? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you prepare a seed today? Just prepare a seed today to give unto the Lord. I learned a principle about seed from the word. The Bible says, not only does the Bible say give and give unto you, give and I'll give it back to you, but the Bible also talks about the power of a seed. And I love in the book of Genesis where it talks about the power of a seed. Everything that you have is a seed. And it's impossible for you to plant a seed and not get a harvest unless you're planting in the wrong ground. When you plant in good ground, the Bible says that you will receive a harvest. In other words, if I plant in, 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 in among rocks, I'm not going to get a harvest because the seed is not going to penetrate the ground. If I plant on the beach, I'm not going to see a harvest because seed can't grow in sand. But I got to plant in good ground. I got to plant in ground that's ready and ripe. How many of you believe that RCC is good ground to plant in? I'm telling you, I planted seeds in RCC. I planted consistently seeds in RCC, and I'm seeing the results. I am seeing the fruit of the seeds that I planted in this ministry. So I always admonish you, always plant something. Just plant something. It's like, God, you know what? I just, I don't know. I just, listen, it just gets good. It just gets so good. It just gets, it's like going to a restaurant. You know, when you go to a restaurant and you have some really good food, it's like, oh, I got to tip these people. I mean, the service may not have been good, but that food, my God. Come here, let me give y'all a little tip. Let me give you a little tip. <laughs> Amen. So I admonish you, get into the get into the habit of planting seed. And seed is not always in the form of money. In seed, you can plant your money, your time, your talent, your energy. Right? Whatever you plant seed Wherever you plant seed or however you plant it, God promises that you will always get a return on your seed. Amen? Amen. Put your hands together one more time for yourselves. Hallelujah. Well, just a few announcements in your ear. Make sure that if you um, have not signed up for the growth track, um, we, we are invested in your growth, and our growth track is something that we do um, on 10.30 on Sundays. And a lot of times when you go to a church, you're not sure... Um, what do I, what's my next step? Do I keep coming? Do I become a member? Do I shake the pastor's hand? Do I do whatever? So we've designed something called the growth track that kind of helps clarify all that stuff for you. Um, and the growth track is really about us helping you grow. We are invested in your growth because God desires for you to grow. We want to give you tools and empower you to be able to grow. 
Amen. And that's in every area of your life. And God has a purpose and a destiny for each and every one of us. So in the growth track, we want to help you discover your gifts and your talents and to help guide you on how to use those gifts and talents for God's glory and for his kingdom. Amen. And to live a successful life. So don't forget, if you'd like to be a part of the growth track, sign up outside at the hub table. Um, also, don't forget prayer on Saturdays. We have prayer every Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning on the prayer call. So if you have not been on that prayer, I admonish you, get on that prayer. We are praying on Saturdays for 30 minutes. Before the prayer, it's a brief word. Um, we share a word, but then we go into prayer. And it has been a blessing. It has been such a blessing. So if you would like to be a part of that prayer, make sure you see um, Jess will be at the hub table. We'll get you that information so we can get you logged on to that prayer. I'm telling you, it has been such a blessing. If you haven't been on prayer, I'm telling you, y'all missing out. Don't miss out. Listen, the Bible says when I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, I acted like a child. So if we want to grow and mature, make sure you're on that prayer call because it's a part of God's growth plan for our lives. Amen? Amen? Y'all all right? All right, all right. Stand to your feet as we close out in prayer. God is so faithful, and he's so kind to us. And I'm telling you, I've never experienced a love like the love of God. You know, I read something on social media the other day, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it, but it has become so real to me. And it was saying, it had two versions. The first version said, I sinned and messed up, and I ran away from my father. And the other one said, I sinned and messed up, and I ran to my father. And, you know, a lot of times our experience is that when we sin, when we mess up, we try to run because of shame. We run away from God because we're ashamed. But I realize that he's the one that we should run to. He's the one that's going to always embrace us with, with open arms. When we do something that isn't pleasing to him, he's not there to condemn us. He wants us to come to him. So now I find myself in a place when I blub and flub up things, instead of trying to fix it myself or trying to act like it didn't happen and just kind of walk the other way, he's the first person I'm going to. I'm like, Father. And it does something to know that when I mess up, I can go to my Father because he has me covered. That might not be a lot of our experience. It might not have been our experience because, you know, some of us had experience with our dads where it's like, if you mess up, I'm going to yell at you, I'm going to scream at you. But our Father, he wants us to be the first person that he goes to when we mess up. So this week, if you have a rough week, this week if you go through something, this week if you make a mistake and you fall flat on your face, let him be the first one that you run to. Run to him and say, Dad, oh man, Dad, Father, God, I, I messed up and I need your grace to cover me. And not only do I need your grace to cover me, but I need you to help me to figure out what's going on with me. Like, why do I keep making these mistakes? Why do I keep messing these things up? Why do I keep falling in this area? And God will give you everything that you need. Amen? Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory today. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for your word. Father, we pray today that 
you would speak to us, speak to us about vision, speak to us about the vision that you have for our lives and for our family and for our business and for our community. Speak to us and give us that vision. And along with that vision, give us the instruction that we need to fulfill that vision that you are giving us. Father, we pray, God, that this week we are going to take time with you. We're going to take time to read your word. We're going to take time to pray and sit in your presence because that is a part of your growth plan. And we can't expect to grow without taking the necessary nutrients in from the word that we need to grow. So, God, remind us about that time. Woo us when you want to be intimate, when you want to speak to us, God. Lord God, let us feel your presence as a reminder that you're there and that you want to spend time with us. Father, we just give you praise today because you are amazing and you are great. And we appreciate you and all that you do for us. And we want to live the rest of our lives serving you. And we want to live the rest of our lives pleasing you. And we want to live the rest of our lives, Lord God, being a light to the world so they can see, know, and understand that you are good and that you're waiting to embrace them just like you embraced us. We love you for this. As we leave this place, Father, we pray that you would give us traveling mercies. God, allow us to reach out to our homes and our destinations safely. Cover us, God, under your blood. Cover us from danger, hurt, and harm. Cover us and protect us from the wiles of the enemy. You said that the weapons, though the weapons that form, the, no weapon that formed against us shall prosper. So though the weapons might form, God, don't allow them to prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, Father, you said that your spirit will lift up a standard against it. So, Father, this week, lift up that standard so we don't drown in the chaos of this world. We thank you for this and all your grace and mercy, and we will continue to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, we pray, and everyone says, amen. God bless you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Make sure you invite someone to church. Stop by the growth track table if you need more information. And we'll see you next week. God bless.